Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13. Here's Pastor Ryan. But if that servant says in his heart, my master's delaying is coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and to be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. So God in, in his parables, you know, of his coming expects the church to be doing the work of the ministry, expects the church to be serving him. Jesus said, those who serve me, him, my father, and I will honor. God has saved us. He's kept us alive so that we would serve him. But he said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Agape isn't concerned about self. What are my rights? What do I want to do? When we, when the apostle Paul was, was, was transformed and converted on the road to Damascus, he was a sinful man. And that light shone brightly and blinded him and all the people that were in his caravan, all of them fell to the ground. And he said, Lord, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus said whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goals. He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And when we came to the Lord, we'd do anything, right? Remember that? Anything for you, Lord, you saved me. Anything, what do you want me to do? So many have lost that heart. So many are trying to tell the Lord what they will do. Judgment's coming. Jesus is coming. We got to live right. We got to be ready. We got to be in expectation. Jesus in Luke 12 said, I came to send fire on the earth. And oh, how I wish it was already kindled. I mean, the things that our Lord said are so heavy concerning judgment. And those little pastors out there, oh, we're not going to judge nobody because we're not to judge anybody. Oh, don't condemn anybody, but you're supposed to warn them, pastors, that judgment is coming. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He didn't say, do what you want. You'll get in on the curve. He said, take up your, your, your cross. Crucify yourself and follow me. It's heavy stuff, but it's true. He said it, I came to send fire and how I wish it was already kindled, Luke 12, 49. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, listen to this, verse 11, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And I love this. The Apostle Paul says, said, uh, you know, 
but when I became a man, I put away childish things. He says, when I was a child, I, act like, I acted like a child, spoke like a child. I had understanding of a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, Paul the Apostle said, I put aside childish things. Now, this is another illustration of the comparison between our knowledge now and our knowledge when we get to heaven. Our understanding now is childish compared to what we're going to understand in heaven in our new bodies before the Lord. Oh, but there's much to learn about this text saying, when I when I became a man, I put away childish things. I believe that as Christians, that we too should put away childish attitudes Amen. as Christian men and women. The great uh, teacher Ironside, in his commentary, he said, there are many full-grown men and full-grown women who still have the many characteristics of children. He said, if you let them have what they want, they are all wonderful to get along with. But the moment you cross them, they pout like children. It's heavy, huh? It's silent in here. Oh, no, he, yep, mm-hmm, yep. We do live in a snowflake generation. I, I, it is unbelievable. If I don't have my way, some believers are. Full-grown men, if I don't have my way, I'm taking my ball and I'm leaving. It's, it's sad. It's a real pandemic. It's snowflakeish. It's not agape. Oh, when we came to the Lord, I'll do anything for you, Lord. Anything. The Lord says, if someone beckons you on the shoulder to go a mile, what does he say? Go an extra mile. Someone asks you for your coat, give them your cloak also. Like just, it's all about servanthood. It's all about serving God, not seeking our own and pouting like children or or throwing tantrums. It's a real pandemic. It's a real issue of the flesh. See, my job as a pastor is to encourage endurance and perseverance, that we would have a non-quitting spirit. But I'm afraid over what I've learned in 20 years of ministry and going on 15 years as a senior pastor in ministry, so many have been, you know, have, have come and gone and have pouted like children. Like, if I don't get this ministry, then I'm going to leave. And I've learned over the years to just show them the door. Because you know what? It's, it's, it, with God, God, that's just not Christian love. It's not Christian behavior in, in the least. God wants, God has called us and has given us special gifts. But it is according to his will and according to his timing. I have learned. I've had the gift of teaching and the gift of, um, you may not think so. <laughs> it sounds pretentious for me to even say it. But for the sake of trying to teach the word, he's given me the teach. I, apparently I've heard. 
of teaching. So I say that with humility, hopefully, I'm trying to. Right? So I have the gift of, of, of teaching, pastoring. Okay, I've had them for a long time. I didn't always have a flock, though, and I didn't always have a church or a church building. See what I'm saying? Like, I had the gift and the calling, but the timing was on the king's timing, not mine. Because what he wants to develop in me is not necessarily the gift of teaching and pastoring. It's the gift of being humble and being agape love. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll work for Caltrans for another 20 years. I worked for Caltrans for 19 and a half years. And, the, and then I worked 10 years bivocational where I was teaching Wednesday night and Sunday mornings. Pastoring, teaching, bearing with it. But, you know, I pouted and I, there were times when I pouted. There were times when I, I threw my little tantrums with God. You've called me. You've given me these gifts and, you know. But I had to learn. Ryan, do you agape me? Yes, then trust me. I'll get you where you need to be. And that's what I share with those who, oh, you know, I'm here to do this specific ministry. And if it's not that, then I'm gone. I'm like, you know, you're pretty bossy towards the king, not towards me, towards the king. And I love people who say, man, I'm here to do whatever is needed. Because my gift is... it's irrelevant. My gift is like, what's needed? In our homes, it's like, oh, you know, the gift, I guess you can call it the gift of helps, but laundry, (laughs) sweeping, you know, it's not, I I didn't come to church to sweep. I mean, people think that way. What is that? That's not someone who's like grateful for being saved. That's someone who's a little spoiled in their minds. And so what God said to me was, Ryan, look at, the reason why you're not a full-time pastor right now, there's not enough tithes and offerings for you to leave Caltrans. You know, you know why? Why, Lord? Because I don't want you to be right now. Is that okay? But I have the gift of teaching. It's irrelevant. I need to develop your character. Did not Jesus have the gift of teaching? He taught with such authority that it blew people's minds. And he got on his feet and he washed feet. He didn't say, I'm going to take my, I don't get my ministry, I'm going to take my ball and go home. It's crazy. It's cuckoo. But it's real, guys. I say this in love. It's real. Do you believe God loves you? Then you, he'll get you where you need to be. Okay, Lord, I'll do it. Okay, love. I'll keep teaching. They don't understand that I, you know, I'm tired. Your sheep are mean and they bite at me. (laughs) They expect me to be everywhere at once. You know what I'm saying? And and God's, you know, but I'll do it because I love you. And then pretty soon, more people stuck around. He's like, good. Because see, my job is to encourage people who don't quit. That out there, they quit. And they bring that attitude in the church like it's a restaurant. Oh, you don't got fettuccine Alfredo for me. You know, that's why I came for. Bye. See ya. You know, it's not a restaurant. You know? 
I love the Old Testament because of all of the wars, you know? And, and, and so often when the Israelites were outnumbered, oh no, there's more than them. Let's run. Let's quit. Let's run. We're done. We're done. My, our job is this. No, you don't quit. Right? Is children ministry hard, too hard for you? Right? Is it hard like being nailed to a cross hard? No. And that's what it says in Hebrews 12, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, lest you lose heart. Don't grow weary in doing good. It's like, you know, we get it for like new believers, but you'll be shocked at people who say they are good with God. They are mature in the Lord. Quit like that. And that's why it says in James 3, he who has understanding and wisdom, let him show it by his conduct. Not by his words. Don't lie against the truth, he says. Don't lie against the truth. You ain't that down with God if you're going to quit because you had a bad week. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm pastoring here. I'm trying to be honest with God and with you. He didn't call me here to fill seats. He called me here to, to dish truth. Truth. We have to endure because, you know, if we, if we cannot run with the footmen, is that Jeremiah, right? Or... Annie, I mean, somebody, you know, how, if you can't, you know, hang with the footman, how are you going to run with the horseman? You know, it's like, really? Is that, yeah? Shall we go to China and some of those underground churches? See how hard they have it? See them get, oh, I'm taking my ball and leaving. No, you're not taking your ball and leaving, not in China. Because everything's at stake there. And they hang together. You know what I mean? They hang together. And I don't mean hang with any church. If you got pastors, pastors out there that are ranking out left and right, when you find a good one, be rooted and grounded there. You know, if you look at Ephesians 4, it talks about when everybody does its share in love, and are faithful to their calling, everyone does their share in love, it causes growth to the body of Christ so that we're no longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and the that comes from the trickery of men. In other words, when everyone does their share, the body becomes so strong that we don't be, we're no longer snowflakes. You know what I mean? We're not running, oh, I'm in a trial, I'm gone. Um, it's crazy to me. That isn't the kind of Christianity that the world looks at and says, we want that. You see faithfulness even in the world sometimes more than you do in the church. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, because, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And this, again, this, this childish characteristic, I mean, the qualities of children that are good, we are to emulate that. Jesus said, come, you know, unless you come to me with faith as a child, 
you're not even going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like you must believe as a child. But what Paul is talking about here is that when I'm a, as a grown man, I put away childish things. It's those negative things about children. It is the, oh, I don't get my way. I'm taking my ball and, and I'm leaving. You know, it's like, like those negative things have, like I said, have come in, have come up within the church many times. And, um, there's that scripture in the Bible that says, each man will proclaim his own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? You know that Paul says, I don't even want deacons, or don't I, yeah, no, Paul says that deacons must first be tested. These are God's standards. Deacons must be tested. You can't just make a person a deacon. You can't just make a person a, a pastor. You can't give someone in the church an important position without them first being tested. That's what God says. Don't you do it. Amen. Pastors be giving out positions because they're afraid of the flock. If I don't give them a position, they'll leave. It's so unbecoming. I don't even know where to begin. I think I was like that for like the first year. <laughs> It was one of those things God just put me in the headlock and said, you will not do that anymore. So we don't do that. Because he cares about agape love. People have said, I've had an epiphany. The, the clouds opened up. And God said to us, to me, Sweet Hills is the place I'm to be. God led me here. And I'm just like kind of sketchy on that, you know. Because we've seen people leave two months later. It just, God changes his mind a lot. <laughs> One year later, there's no hanging in there. There's no, you know, it's like our job is to encourage loyalty, faithfulness to God, working things out, agape. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's. When I, when, I, when I became a man, I put aside childish. And my flesh is lame. I'm, I will not allow my flesh to, to not love because I didn't get my way. It just shows how much we need to grow. So um, consider those things. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in the mirror dimly. But then face to face. And in Corinth, that town was known for having the most brilliant, beautiful bronze mirrors. So it would have resonated with them that, you know, seeing yourself in a mirror dimly. But when you, we see Christ, everything's going to be clear. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now, verse 13, he says, Abide, faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, that word abide in Webster's 1828, it means to continue permanently, to continue permanently and to remain. So God wants us to continue permanently and to remain uh, people of faith. People of faith. Faith, we're told in Hebrews 1, is the substance of things 
hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, we're told in 2 Corinthians 5-7 that we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is believing and trusting in God. We must be people who believe and trust in God. Like I said in first service, I mean, faith says when there's an army of 20 deep surrounding the church trying to shut us down, that we are those saying it ain't happening. Because we have faith. But there are those who aren't in this book, don't pray like they should, aren't in the book, and they're going to sit around and say, well, you know, CNN says we should run. CNN says we'll never win. I'm serious. Faith says, bring them. In fact, like the story of Gideon, he told Gideon, those who are afraid, have them bounce. And they left. And then they went to the stream and they did the lapping like a dog and the bringing up the water. And he div- it ended up being 300 only who would fight against the Midianites. We need to be people of faith. Brothers, if you're married in here, you are commanded by God to read the word to your wife. And I, and I say to you, sisters, you, you wives that are here, if you in your heart know, you and your husband know, Clarissa and I know when the last time it was when we got in the word. You know it. Wives, you know it. And I, and I say to you, sisters, if you're a wife here and you know it has been a week, it has been a month, it has been two weeks since your husband washed you with the word of God. the amount of guidance that you have spiritually is drained. You think you know what you're doing, but we do not. I teach this, and if I don't get in the Word, and if I don't pray, I don't know what I'm doing. I only think I know what I'm doing. The Lord's coming at any moment. The world is crazy. And our wives are the weaker vessel. They worry more. They have more anxiety. Uh, we, we all are, bat, you know, battle things like depression and anxiety and worry. You know, the world is, is filled with mental health issues. And the cure for our anxieties and our worry and our, and our depression has always been our relationship with Jesus. So if we're not washing our wives with the word of God and, and husbands, we can become so blinded. We can sit with our wives. What do you think we should do spiritually when you know you haven't even washed her with the word? She's just going to give you whatever she feels is right emotionally. And at the men's breakfasts, we get down on stuff like that. We're the leaders. I'm speaking to the people who love the Lord. These are directions from the Lord. How can we wash our wives' mind if, if we ourselves are not washed? And, and brothers, we'll read the word for ourselves and think, I'm right with God. But like James says in James 3, he who is wise and understanding among you, let him show it by his conduct. You have only done half right until you wash her mind. You're omitting to do what I told you to do. The truth, man, it's, it's a stinger, but it's true. We need to know what we're doing. And wives, if your husband won't read the word to you, you, you tell him something. Don't nag, but tell him. Let him see you getting in the word. 
You know, like make a dinner for him. And then when he sits down, don't give him any utensils. Bring out the family Bible and say, man, there's more dust on this thing than, you know. They say if this book is in shambles, because you use it all the time, if it's in shambles, then chances are your life is not in shambles. But if it's all pristine and the the pages stick together, it's like brand new, you're going to fall apart. Because he who has given much Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.